who we are. At the end of the day, does the majority of this country say January 6th was okay? Election denying is okay. Rolling back Roe v. Wade, you know, 50 years is okay. And the majority, not the overwhelming majority, the majority said, no, it's not. Hey, everybody, I'm Chris Cuomo, and welcome to another episode of the Chris Cuomo Project. Please don't forget to subscribe and follow. The growth has been great. It's organic. I want more. We need more. Please help me and thank you in advance for doing so. Free agent merch. And remember, the money's going to go to a good cause, and we're going to figure it out together. That's why I dig it. That's why I'm pushing it. It's not to put my kids to college. It's for us to find a way to help others together. Isn't that nice? Now, I want that to be part of my personal brand. Why do I use that term? Donnie Deutsch is our guest today. You know him from TV. You've seen him a lot of different places for a lot of years. He's all over Morning Joe. He's smart. He was a big deal in advertising. He understands marketing and what we now call branding. We all want to be a brand or personal brand. It's not a bad thing, but it's bad if you don't get it right. He knows how to do it right and do it wrong and how that manifests itself for better and worse in our politics. So take a listen to Donnie Deutsch. Support for the Chris Cuomo Project comes from AG1. Listen, my brothers and sisters, you know that I take my health seriously, right? I'm an aging athlete. I'm dealing with long COVID. That's why AG1 is a big part of my game, and I have been taking it for many years. Why? Because it's one and done. I don't have to worry about the combinations. I don't have to worry about the price the same way. It's so much less expensive than taking all these things separately. And... It's the deliverability. It's just a scoop and a glass of warm water for me, but you can put a scoop of it in whatever you want. And boop, down the hatch, and that's that. People ask me all the time, AG1, do you really take it? Yeah, it's all over my house. And I've been drinking it for a long time, and I think it works. I have partnered with AG1 for so long because they make a high-quality product that I trust to have as part of my routine every day. So, you want to replace whatever you're doing now? Start AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash ccp. That's drinkag1.com slash ccp. Check it out. Support for the Chris Cuomo Project comes from Prize Picks. Prize Picks, man, if you like DFS... This is the way to go. America's number one fantasy sports app. Three million members. Why? Easy, exciting, plenty of action. Makes watching the sports, makes watching the players more fun. You just pick more or less on two or more player stats. And if you're any good, winnings roll in. And now you can win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks. You can turn 100 into 10,000. You can turn 10 bucks into 1,000. Basketball, hockey, college, you know, all the different entries today on Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. You ready to get started with Prize Picks? Download the app today. Use code CCP. You'll get a first deposit match up to 100 bucks. Again, download the app today. Use the code CCP. 
get a first deposit match up to 100 bucks. Prize picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Donnie Deutsch, a pleasure. Thank you for doing this. Thanks for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Congratulations on your new gig. I know it's going great. Godspeed. It's going, brother. It's better than being in the fetal position in my house. <laughs> Let me uh, tap into your understanding of why things sell and why things are effective. What do you think is working in our politics right now? What's working in our politics right now is the same thing that's always, if you kind of peel back the onion, is follow the passion. You know, if you kind of like, we, everybody came down to it, back in the, in the message we were thinking about a red wave is, okay, are people going to go, is inflation the answer? Is it a referendum on inflation or is it a referendum on democracy, a woman's right to choose insurrection? And then when you Monday morning quarterback, you go, of course, those issues of passion, even if they weren't showing up in the polls, really became the guiding force. In hindsight, you go, duh. Now, the question, why was it not showing up in the polls, of course, before they were all over the place? I don't know. Well, you, like many of us, thought that the Democrats were going to take much more of a beating. And I think what we missed was independence, that independence, what I call free agents, right? That's my big thing. Open hearts, open minds, not about party or team. I think that that is the new motivation in our politics. They mattered in every big race that we're following. It's not the cum. It's not that overall, what did they do? I think they were plus two for, for Democrats, but usually they go for the party that's out of power. Of course. And they didn't do that as much here. And, and I think that has to be because it's got to be a sign of fatigue, right? Of the retired, of the hate, you know, the hate parade. It's got to be, right? Yeah. I, I think I said it was a referendum on crazy. And it just when you add that all up, and it really, what was so empowering for me afterwards, because if you really think back, you're going to either say, okay, this is a test on who we are. Forget who the politicians are, who we are. At the end of the day, does the majority of this country say January 6th was okay? Election denying is okay. Rolling back Roe v. Wade, you know, 50 years is okay. And the majority, not the overwhelming majority, the majority said, no, it's not. We still, we still want sanity. We still want democracy. We still want, we, we don't want violence. We don't want crazy. So at the end of the day, and I actually think the thing that happened, to, the unfortunate thing that happened to Pelosi's husband was just a little nugget towards the end. When you saw the Republicans coming out, some of them making fun of it or not even condemning it, that level of crazy, that level of lack of decorum, basic civil decorum, I think got old. And I think that finally we woke up and said, no, no, we don't want to lose what we have. You think the days of the two-party system are numbered? Well, I think we're going to kind of, frankly, see it dramatically go up and fall in 2024. I think what happens with Trump is he's not going to get the nomination, but he's not going to go away. I think he's going to run as a third party. We're going to start to see what a meaningful, not that he's going to, at the end of the day, win a race, but certainly if he still only holds on to 10% of the party on that shit, or even 5% of the party. So I think Trump's going to be a going the closest thing back to Perot. We forgot Perot got 14, 15% of the vote. So a huge part of the vote back then, which obviously gave the election to Clinton. You think he'd run even if he knows he's going to lose? Yeah, I think his biggest fear more than losing is relevancy. I think he's such a mano mano guy. I think he's so threatened by DeSantis, who's an alpha guy, who's so much younger and so much more, you know, he, everything that Trump wants to be. I think, you know, and this is just me getting inside Trump's psychology, would rather see Biden be president then see DeSantis be present. I think that's the guy's psyche, as crazy as that is. The idea of branding in politics, uh, does it remain important? And if so, 
where do you see brand identity? Brand is everything. I mean, is there, you know, it's, it's basically a brand is a set of values. What is a brand? It's what you stand for. It, it's just, it, it's, the, it's an emotional set of values. So that's what we have, you know, at the end of the day, if you, if you look at Biden's brand, unfortunately, his age is a big part of it. He's seen as, I think, competent, but not exciting and not with his hands firmly on the wheel. I would like to put a little more testosterone into his brand. And I don't mean that in the, in the masculine sense of the word. I just think he needs a little of that in there, a little power, if you will. Because if you look at Biden, he's done a lot of things right. You can't give him a better score on what he did uh, as far as unifying the world for the Ukrainians against the Russians and putting that delegation together. I think, yes, I would have spent a bit less on some of the stimulus packages, but got it going in the right direction. Hasn't done dramatically, hasn't done a terrible job. And inflation is, you could say, is a culmination of eight or 10 or 15 years of spending. You can't put that all on by. Now, obviously, you get saddled with it, but you, I give them a strong B and a B plus. Problem is they don't tell their story as well as you just did. No. Um, that is the Democrat problem. Now, they'll say, oh, well, we don't fight as dirty as they. Hey, putting money behind extreme Trumpers in primaries is as shady as it gets, short of cheating. So, you know, if you want to be better, be better. But when they did that, that was very telling. And look, James Carville will be like, well, grow up. That's how you win an election. Oh, I get it. Just don't tell me you're better. That's all. And I think that that's what's hurting them is that it's all seen as zero sum and when you think about it, where do you see the opportunity in terms of a new product that the core of this country would go for? When you talk about the core, this country lives around the center, just center right. You can give me an argument that whichever party is more extreme loses. I mean, that's just not where in the world. And we're all a wardrobe of issues. You know, I myself, yes, I'm a Democrat. I'll vote for the right Republican. I'm, I'm a fiscal conservative. Uh, I'm a hawk. Uh, I'm a social moderate. I mean, like, so you and I, if we probably listed our things of, of, of platform issues, probably agree on so much as we would with so many people that don't necessarily look and feel like us. When I say look and feel, I don't mean race or anything like that. But I, I tell this interesting story that I was said something on the air once. This is before there was all the fascist analogies. And I said something about Nazi Germany and I compared to some of the things the Republicans were doing to that. Of course, you know, the world exploded. And I got this social media text from a guy who I saw was a veteran. He was a father. And he called, he said, you pussy, how can you not kick your ass? I mean, everything you can cut, you piece of shit. Don't you dare call me Nazi. And I wrote him back and I said, I'm looking at your profile. You seem like a really good guy. Thank you for your service. And I'm a dad, you're a dad. What I said was really this. I said, it's such a shame that guys like you can't sit down and talk. And three texts later, we called each other broke. You know, and in terms of whatnot, that just on the surface, we were so, and what the soundbite system, soundbite universe we live in, had put us so in polarized things that I think that 80% of the country agrees on a lot of things. And we're seeing that with choice. And we're seeing that with universal background checks. That we're not, now, of course, the media doesn't make money by staying around the center. And we're all a bit complicit in that. You know, and I'm not blaming the media for the state of the world. But the center is not a very exciting place to be, but it's where the world does live. Yeah, I, I think the country's center left on social issues, center right on fiscal issues. 100%, 100%. And what we've gotten away from is that we allow our politics, which has always been dirty, which has always been nasty, which has always had negativity as a proxy for insight, to be dominated by zero sum and a dynamic that we don't allow anywhere else in our life. 
Um, you would not let anyone that doesn't matter who you're doing the commercial for, if they behaved the way politicians do, you would never do business with them again. And you know, you would, you wouldn't do their ad. You wouldn't let that person as your friend. You wouldn't let them anywhere near your daughter. You know, we don't, we've changed the standard. And the question is who convinces us to change it back? I think a transformational candidate, I, I think if you, if you look historically, you know, the Republican party was dead until Ronald Reagan showed up. Democratic party was dead until Bill Clinton showed up. I think the right, I think people are thirsting for, and I think somebody like DeSantis has an opportunity. Take the bullying out. You know, take, you don't need the bullshit. You don't need the culture stuff. You don't need to shit on Disney. You don't need to take the, the Tampa Bay because Tampa, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays texted out something after the Valdi saying, you know, we stand with you and things have to change. They don't give you penalized. Take that 10% out and govern for the people. Common sense, decency. There is an opportunity for a candidate to do that. And I, I think that particularly if you, everything is pendulum. Clearly the world is done with Trump, is done with Trump. I don't say Trumpism, but doesn't want that anymore. By the way, wasn't it pathetic watching the other night and give that, give that and it was something seeing him defang, he's pathetic. When you take away his carnival act, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. It was interesting that the duration is a function of lack of energy. Remember the uh, expression, I, I think it was Shakespeare. No, it was Mark Twain said, sorry how, about how long this letter is. If I had more time, it'd be shorter. When you're yeah. on your game, <laughs> you deliver uh, the performance in short order. You don't need the time. So duration was a bad indicator for him. I don't know if that party is, is going to find the resourcefulness to move away from him in the primary, because when you come in with 30%, 35%, it's hard to beat you in a primary. DeSantis, look, if, if Trump is rejected for what he is, if he doesn't change, that's a good thing because independent voters, free agents, people who look at people and policy and decency as priorities, they're not going to go for that. That is just about shepherding fear what he's about. And the fear is justified. The desperation is justified. White fright is a real thing for these guys. And I get it. I get why they feel that way. But that's not going to be what changes the dynamic. My concern about DeSantis is I don't think it's 10%. When he ran against Gillum, he sucked out with people. Um, I watched it a number of times. He doesn't do it anymore. He's very good at power and being controlled by his wife or whoever's running the operation. But to be president, he's going to have to go out on the hustings and he's going to have to deal with the likes of you uh, and, you know, people who want to scrutinize him and test him and put him on a show and have people come at you. And I don't know how he's going to stand up to that. That's my question about him. I could have picked out Josh Shapiro from the other side. I'm just saying... Any of these guys that, you know, basically have the light on them on either party. I think civility and decency and common sense, I just think the world is ready for that. And we and if you didn't you need to prove you saw what happened in the midterms there. The Democrats did that with a guy with a thirty-nine percent approval rating, with seventy percent of the country saying we're on the wrong track, with eight percent inflation. Even with that, with every single headwind against you, people said no bucks. I it couldn't have been a more stunning rebuke. Every election denier, other than uh, Vance in Ohio, every one of his candidates lost. And it really, and you see now, every, every day, the donors running away. We are a country of winners. 
and you lose as many times as Trump has lost. You could argue he's, he's lost certainly the last three times that that starts to sour a lot of things. So I'm very optimistic for the first time in the last week or so. I I have a skip in my step because I was really terrified. You know, had this election not gone this way, democracy over. I don't think people, maybe they actually didn't understand. That's what they voted. How close we were. You take Arizona. Arizona the, 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 goes three different directions with the governor, with the secretary of state, and with the senator. You also you have a state that's not going to play anymore unless they got the. You know, and we could do that math anyway. You could do that. Uh, you could do that in Pennsylvania. You could do that anywhere. Whereas election deniism was a real thing until it's not because it didn't work. But had that been successful, and had that ticket been successful, uh, it, it's. Suddenly frightening to think what could happen. I think we kind of lived it in 94 with the contract with America where Newt Gingrich's harshness eventually uh, was ex- was yeah. exposed and rejected. Everything gets amped up more now, right? I don't believe that anything's different. I just believe it's about the level of volume um, because of how much more media there is. I don't think the dynamics are different. I just think they're turbocharged. And I think you see that on TV also, as many of you should know, Donnie's regular on Morning Joe and certainly part of the show's success. The question is, why do you think Morning Joe was successful? And do you believe Morning Joe would have to be something else to continue being the place to be in the morning? I think Morning Joe is successful for a few reasons. First of all, it starts with talent. And Joe and Mika, uh, I mean, Joe, Joe is a really special talent. And that's why you've been so successful. You know, that, that there's no surprises. I think it starts with talent, number one. But it also, it really does go over this, a lot of things that I've been talking about, that it doesn't stay in one lane. Joe, and we've seen Joe's transition. You know, Joe was a, is a small-seat conservative. Joe is a diehard Republican. Joe was really, I think, voted 95%, whatever that stack, whether they, whether they call them super conservatives, you know. And then Trump came along and he was like, whoa, this, this is just wrong. And I think people react. Joe would be a great candidate, by the way. You know, it's a, he's always kind of kid, kidded around, talked about it. But if ever got to a general election, he is a great general election candidate for a lot of the reasons we've been talking about. You would be a good general election candidate. Me? No, I'd be terrible. Yes. I don't want to play the game. I don't want to kiss anybody's ass. I don't want to ask you for money. I'm I talking don't about to what you, you stand for. I'm not, I'm not talking about... We, we better do a lot better than me. I don't know, Joe. We better do better than me. That's all I'm saying is <laughs> we, we should be able to do better than me. Uh, that, that's how I feel. He seemed like they were an insider game taking care of a guy who was another insider. And Americans are very, very shy on that. And I think it is growing. Uh, I think it's, by the way, inherently anti-American. I always thought the big part of the American dream, it certainly was for me and in my family, even though Pop had like an allergy to wealth. He says begrudgingly. <laughs> I know, telling me, right? But I love when people are like, oh, Cuomo is you. You guys all have a lot of money. No, I have a lot of money. Um, right. You know, my father never, never made money. He didn't want to make money. But I always thought that was the dream that we'd see people moving up and out of where we were from in Queens. Donnie and I are both from Queens. Um, you know, they'd move to Long Island. They'd move to Westchester. And that was like, wow, that's the dream. You know, they get in that house. They're going to this place. And now it's like seeing that if you're wealthy, that's somehow bad. I think that's anti-American. But I do believe it's really important to get back to regular people and that there is such a thing as somebody who wants to live and let live, but doesn't really understand transgender the way they might understand yes. being gay, yes. that doesn't believe that bad ideas and ugly ideas should mean that you lose your livelihood forever and be canceled. 
uh, and that you have to tell people how to live. Common sense. You're talking about somebody who can be a progressive person and go, maybe a swimmer who is is trans should not be competing. Now, who was a man and now is competing with women. That doesn't make sense to me. I'm for everybody's freedom, but I don't want gender identification issues talked about in first grade. And on any level, you know? So yeah, that's where I keep coming back to the wardrobe of issues where I think a lot of us are a lot more similar. And that's common sense. I think it's about the issues, but I also think it's about the disposition towards them. You have to be able to be wrong and not be bad. That that is a really big and important shift. I don't believe it's right to keep Kanye or Kyrie. Kyrie, I believe, is very different. I really believe that he got swept up with Kanye and he is not the kind of purveyor of ideas that Kanye is. But I want to give him a platform. I'm not giving neo-Nazis a platform because there is no benefit to that discussion. And I know it's subjective, but I think that this move that is really orientated uh, towards the left and, and motivated by the left of not giving a platform, I think is really bad. When I was at CNN, I would have Trump supporters on and I would get a lot of shit for it, which I didn't care about. But it was interesting to me that and I had seen Joe make this decision and a lot of others. Like, I'm not even talking to those people anymore. They all lie. That was a mistake. It was a mistake because it says to the people who voted for him that you don't respect their opinion or their feelings. Now, I know a lot of people on the left, especially as you get towards the fringe of the left, they're fine with that. They think these uh, ignorant white people got to go. I think that's a big mistake because I don't think you get to a better place unless everybody's pushing. Support for the Chris Cuomo Project comes from AG1. Listen, my brothers and sisters, you know that I take my health seriously, right? I'm an aging athlete. I'm dealing with long COVID. That's why AG1 is a big part of my game, and I have been taking it for many years. Why? Because it's one and done. I don't have to worry about the combinations. I don't have to worry about the price the same way. It's so much less expensive than taking all these things separately. And it's the deliverability. It's just a scoop in a glass of warm water for me, but you can put a scoop of it in whatever you want. And boop, down the hatch, and that's that. People ask me all the time, AG1, do you really take it? Yeah, it's all over my house. And I've been drinking it for a long time, and I think it works. I have partnered with AG1 for so long because they make a high-quality product that I trust to have as part of my routine every day. So, you want to replace whatever you're doing now? Start AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash ccp. That's drinkag1.com slash ccp. Check it out. Support for the Chris Cuomo Project comes from Done With Debt. This is a big one, especially in America, man. You need Done With Debt. If you're one of us who's addicted to credit... You need done with debt because you're going to bed thinking about how much you owe and what the minimum amount payable is and what are you going to do and you're never going to get out from under it. And look, is it your fault? Yeah, in part, take responsibility for your spending, but also the system traps you in debt. High interest credit cards and loans. It's almost impossible to pay off your debt once you get into that cycle. Insane inflation keeps you stuck paycheck to paycheck. And that's why you need Done With Debt, because Done With Debt is your lifeline. Done With Debt has an ingenious new strategy 
to help you deal with debt faster than most of us would think possible. Done with Debt analyzes your debt, gives you options that you'll qualify for. Done with Debt knows how to reduce bills, cut interest rates. They've got skilled staff at Done with Debt that will negotiate, figure out how to get better deals. So here's how easy they'll make it. Go to donewithdebt.com, donewithdebt.com, and start getting out from under the problem and toward the solution. You got debt? You need done with debt. We, we need conversation, but I'll go back to the Kyrie thing. Now I'm coming out as a Jewish guy. Yes. Funny, you and I did Bill Moore on the same night. He was interviewing you. I was on the panel. And he said something to you, something... Why are you being sensitive as an Italian? Well, I'm, you're not an Italian. Don't tell me what I'm supposed to feel about that. Right. You kind of stop him in his tracks, and it's hard to do. The thing about Kyrie is, yes, we need a conversation. But on the other hand, when you promote, uh, when you're sending people, and you, the word is promoting to a film that's denying the Holocaust, it's yeah. hatred of Jews, and then you get a chance to apologize, and you're basically doubling and tripling down. I don't think people should be canceled. He should have said, you know, all he had to say was, you know what, I hear that. It's a sense of, I didn't really know everything was in there. And, like, right. and you got the sense with Kyrie. No, he really believed his stuff. So you do have to kind of, what do you do? You go, are we going to we we just have a discussion on, like, like this? so there's this weird thing, you go, yes, we can't shut it down, we have to have a conversation. But then if we have a conversation, are we illuminating and Propagating this hate. And it's a weird dance. It is, except anti-Semitism is a layup for me because I'm going to disprove whatever the basis is for it. It's a bad idea. It is filled with lies and toxic tropes and things that are easy to discover. So my point was, I'm not going to have a neo-Nazi on because they're not somebody I'm trying to redeem. It's when somebody yeah. who is supposed to have some value to society believes something that's ugly. I believe instead of freezing it out, you drown it out because you empower it now by tamping it down. These people who went after... Oh, I would have Kyrie, by the way, if Kyrie would do my podcast, I'd have one on a heartbeat. So this is not a matter of silencing. This is a matter of, I don't believe if you're Nike... You wouldn't be in business with him. I agree with that. That morning I came on, nobody was talking about Nike. And he said, Nike has a shoe. Yeah. You can't be a company that has a social conscience in one area and not a social conscience. I, I, totally, I, I totally agree. But I don't believe that Kyrie should be shut up. I would have him on in a heartbeat yeah. and have these very discussions with him. So, and yes. especially with that, because, you know, like I had the other night, I was like, are Jews all over the entertainment industry? Yup. Now let's talk about why. You know, I don't have to tell you this, but as Mishpuka, as extended uh, <laughs> family of, of, of Jews, uh, Jewish people uh, who mean everything to me as my family and my friends and people I love and a faith I respect and a culture I adore. They were in that business. You know this. Couldn't get into other businesses. Yeah, weren't allowed yeah, in other businesses. I was talking to this friend of mine who like somehow didn't know this. And I was like, they weren't they weren't allowed in anything else. They're not in Hollywood. They made Hollywood. I, so it's yeah. like you have to look at it that way. Like. If, if Ford was, oh, everyone's like, hey, how come Ford's still such a big deal? They created the car. That's sure. why. So it's such an easy argument to blow out of the water that I want to have that fight. You know, I believe in only having fights you can win when you're dealing with these kinds of ideas. And you have to be careful about which you pick. But I do believe that the left extends this idea way too much. Anti-Semitism's easy. It's when somebody is saying there's a deep state or, uh, you know, elections or this, or Trump was that, and you're mean to Trump and you shouldn't be. 
you got to listen to where it's coming from because it's dictating your future. It's dictating what, what's going to resonate and what matters. I have to deal with that challenge much more acutely than you guys do at MSNBC because, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a team with a game and a strategy. At uh -huh. News Nation, it's like I'm forced to do different. Different's hard. I don't have to talk to you. You're a brand expert and a PR expert, but different is hard. I'm trying to get people to watch my show who don't watch cable news. Yeah. And it, that's tricky, but I dig that challenge because it was, there wasn't any challenge in me for going to MSNBC or going to CBS or going to one of those places. I've played that game and I played it, you know, well enough. I just didn't see the upside, but I do wonder, what do you think is going to change in our business over the next few years? If anything, what do you, what changes you think we see? Well, what you have to do when, you know, we both have kids is look at kids. What are they doing? What are they watching? And nobody is watching linear television out of nursery in any form. Certainly not news. News is the, is the bottom. You know, the average news watcher, the average MSNBC viewer or CNN viewer or Fox viewer is between 67 and 72. You know, I mean, it's a, this is that there is the audience is dying. Now, people are still need news. The problem is that the generations coming up. I don't know if they have the same thirst for anything but bespoke news. You know, I mean, they have this. I'm holding up this thing. If you're just listening, I'm holding up my, my phone. And they're used to getting everything exactly the way they want it, when they want it, how they want it. So I think any type of dis destination, I don't think it, the answer is, if, oh, it's going streaming. No, I don't think it translates to streaming. I think news is going to get more and more fractured and be delivered in more of a nugget not, I don't think there's going to be these central nervous systems of news that we have now. I agree with you, which is why I was, you know, I had some time on my hands and <laughs> I was looking around the landscape about what opportunities to develop. And I couldn't figure out podcasts. And so I, when I started talking to people about doing a podcast, I was like, well, first of all, I'm not a podcast person. Why would anyone want to listen to anything for a long time in a soundbite society and then what do you mean they want to listen, not watch? You know, video killed the radio star for a reason. And it's just a matter of time. And yet we see now 10, well, let's say, let's say five years of data. 10, but they, it was soft from five to 10. From zero to five, you see a, a burgeoning audience in the podcast space that is yes. growing faster yeah. than anybody else. So how is it that we're getting more particular and tighter and faster and then podcasts are the opposite of all that, and they're growing. If you think about podcasts, yes, we spend more attention to them, but they're so narrow in their choice. It goes back to what I said a bit. So like, you can focus in. I don't have to get the news and listen to a half hour, an hour, these guys talking. I'm just going to go so narrow, and I'll go deep. So it's like, I'll, I'll, I'll give you my half hour, I'll give you my hour, but it's not this broad universal, just like there are only so many cable networks, there's tens of thousands of podcasts, you know? And because somebody, like my podcast on brand, somebody could say, oh, this is really, that would not be a network show, but this is really interesting. And if I'm interested in this, I'll spend a half hour, I'll spend an hour with Donnie. But it doesn't have the breadth. So it's just people going more now, deeper, but I don't think that's why linear TV in time was just going to go away. It just, it doesn't, other than sports right now, it would be gone. It's the only, it's the only thing that people watch anymore on, on linear television. Why doesn't news fit into it in terms of the breaking event? 
because it's this. I, I got my full way. I, I don't need to go anywhere to follow. So I just think everything that's going to happen is going to continue to happen on a phone. So I think people's news is the same way if you really look about it that like local news has become somewhat, I don't want to say extinct, but it's be, because the things you used to tune in for, the sports report, the weather report, you know, the, like, I can get momentarily. So it's the destination that if you think about the premise of linear TV, it's it's a destination. People don't want to go to a destination for anything. They are the destination. So then that says, goes back to what we were talking about before, that it's much more targeted, much more fragmented, much more individualized. So it's mass media becomes micro media. And I think that's kind of the, the mega thing that's happening there. Everybody right now, if we if we if you and I talk to 10 different people, particularly of a younger age. Their wardrobe is so narrow of what they listen to. It's like everybody's got their own little bespoke network that they've created. So I don't have to go to a network that is feeding me in the way that they think a mass audience wants to fit. I create my own little network. And yet they're more groupthink than we were. For all, yes. the, for all the different yes, yes. opportunities that they have of what to do, not only is it fashion, which is always catchy, but TikTok reveals that these kids will all do the same dance to the same song for the same week or two weeks, and then they move on. They change vernacular almost instantaneously. I watch it. You know, I got young kids. Well, actually, I got I all of them. I got young kids. Every boy shows up with the yeah, bottom of the hair the, in front of the This head, is my son. Like, <laughs> this is my son. It's like a tick. <laughs> my son brings to school... How old is he? 16, and he's gorgeous. Yeah, I uh, I Donnie and I have been friends for a long time. He's good friends with my wife, Christina. Uh, Christina's beautiful. Uh, he looks like Christina. He is really gorgeous. They wanted him to model he and all the, he this. He got the looks. So he shows up to school in the morning, and out of his knapsack, he takes out a little spray bottle that is a salt water spray that has a little bit of a scent, and he sprays it like this, does the flip, and then he goes to school. And I yeah. look at him and there is no shame in his game. If I did something like that in front of my father, he, he would have smacked. smacked me right in the side of the head <laughs> for my own good. He would have been, he would have been like, you needed that. So that's, that's who he is. I got a 19 year old, a 16 year old. We have a 19, 16 and 12. So we're watching all of it and they definitely have unique challenges, but I think the principles stay the same. And I believe that for our business also, I think brain food is always at a premium. That's what Morning Joe does. I think uh, all personal, you know, grievances and litigation aside, I think that's CNN's bet that you put three smart people in there um, who at least two of the three have big uh, ideas and opinions about things. And you bank on smart, you bank on smart people, and you bank on people who are curious. And um, I think that that is what we're seeing. I think that's what I've seen in my um, return here is the more I'm telling them things that they're curious about, the better I do. Like what's working? What, what, give me an example of something you're doing. That's so like, here's okay, what works. Hey, look, this is an interesting thing. This segment popped or this and that. Yeah. I'm so, I mean, obviously. So you're, in great, you're in a great test tube now. You have an exciting thing that you're flying without a net. Yeah, you don't have this this institutional behemoth behind you, and you can really have a laboratory. Of yes, what you want to do that's kind of that's kind of fun, and it's good. I'm doing it in both places. They're very different. Uh, what works in the podcast is easy. 
a big name works 10 out of 10 times. Um, and after that, it's a crapshoot about provocateurs. They've got to be provocative and right. they have to be provocative. It doesn't have to be women shouldn't work. It has to be, um, this is smart, but contrary to conventional wisdom. Yes. Yeah. Like I'm really big on nuclear power. We made a big mistake running away from it as fast as we did. That's why we see the rest of the world doing it differently. Things have changed about it. You know, it's been boxed out because it doesn't give the same kind of money to politicians that wind and solar do. It's not a pet project that way. And that's really interesting because it's something you're not really supposed to believe. Certainly I didn't, but it happens to be true. On News Nation, politics adjacent works. Yes, big names, big names. But more importantly, introducing them to things that reflect their own life. That was not the way it was at CNN. It was the big breaking news event anywhere in the world, and it was policing the game. You had to police the game between left and right. You had to, otherwise you weren't going to perform. That's uh, the hand I've been dealt, is that I'm in a, uh, you know, a new place that has no following. I still have to t correct people who are in our business that I'm not at Newsmax. Newsmax, yeah. <laughs> I knew that was going. And I mean, I, like, that really bothers me, by the way. Yeah. Um, and I get it. But it bothers me, and I can't change that. By the way, what I love about your brand and what you're so smart about, you in about three or four instances throughout the show have been self-effacing, made fun of yourself. You know, very aware. I was in the fetal position. I, I, and that's very smart to do for any brand. We're all brands and whatnot. Whereas just recognizing, okay, I went through this crazy, stupid thing, and I'm back. But acknowledging and embracing it and almost having fun. And I think you're really smart well, I appreciate that, Donnie. And I have to do it um, because not even because I'm dealing with optics of people who just have a fundamental misunderstanding of what I am versus how I present to them. But it's really important for me to keep focused on the right things because being raised by wolves the way I was in a very alpha environment is fine. It's fine. I, I have no complaints. But who I want to be and how I want to be has much more to do with vulnerability than it does with strength. And strength is easy for me. Grind is easy for me. Uh, confrontation, defending myself, defending what matters. I'm very well built in all those ways. But I talk about the downs because that's where I dwell. And the difference in me now, what I really went through that was so hard for me, was not having an easy lesson to learn of, oh, I will do that again. You know, I've made a ton of big mistakes in life where I'm like, all right, I got to not do that again. I'm going to help my family 10 times out of 10. And I'm, I'm very confident in that. What I'm not confident in is that they took things from me that are not easy to get back. And, you know, people say, oh, it's Chris Cuomo. He did some shady shit, right? I forget what it was. Um, I have to work on that. And the way to work on it with people is to be completely transparent about it. And no agent would tell you to do that. My bosses don't like it. Like when I say that, uh, what has been working for me and not working for me in therapy, how when my therapist was like, hey, you need to try a mood medication because you're going to hurt somebody. You know, you're, you're too strong. All you do is self-defense. You know, I teach self-defense. I do self-defense for like 15, 20 years. Someone's going to say something to you and you're, you're not on balance with that. It, and that scared me. And, you know, I was embarrassed. That was very shameful to me, the idea that people who care about me, and then, you know, once he said it, all of a sudden, I realized everybody had been going to him. And they were like, you know, my friends of 20, 30 years have been saying, you know, I'm afraid when I'm out with him that, and God forbid, if I'm out with him and he's drinking and uh -huh. somebody comes up to him and says something about Andrew, you know, he 
he could do something that he'll never be able to undo. That was very embarrassing to me. That was very shameful to me. And I had to own it. And I had to think about why that was and why I wasn't going to take this medication. If you told me, uh, take this and it'll make you the way you used to be when you used to wake up in the morning, I'll take it without reading the bottle. You know, if you tell right. me this will help you keep muscle mass on, I will double the dosage without right. thinking. But right. I'm not going to take this medication. That's that's pathetic. So I want to talk about those things because I don't like the power it had over me not talking about it. You know, when somebody used to say to me, listen, uh, I know you're a Cuomo, so, you know, you're a lefty. I would always let it go because there was no percentage for me in saying anything. I never let it go now. But like, listen, if we're talking about gun control, I own a gun, okay? And I own it for own protection and I would use it and I know how to use it and I'm trained to use it. And they say, don't say that. I'm done with that game. That gives, um, by the way, that gives you credibility to then say, and this is what's stupid about off talking gun laws. Right. By the way, I'm a gun owner and a proud gun owner. So th there you have the, you know, I, I, I think that's smart. So I don't know who tell you any, any different. You but know? I get why they say it. I mean, you and I know the game. We know who TV people are. We know how TV is and what has worked and how very artificial it is. But, you know, most things that are front facing are artificial. Um, most brands want you to see them in a way that isn't completely true. And I think there's appetite. I'm, I'm not Oprah. And I'm not going to have a good cry every time I'm on TV. I'm much more caveman um, than I am sophisticated man. But I just do it because it's good for me. You sound like you get to the screen. You sound, and, and, you know, I'm going to go back to what I said. The mountain is tougher to climb, but in many ways you have an enviable spot that you can really create something bespoke and something that matters. It's going to take time. It's not going to happen overnight. Well, time is a uh, luxury. And you don't know that people are going to stick with you. Yeah. What's the best advice you've ever been given? What's the best advice you give? Best advice that I've ever been given is don't play somebody else's game. Be true to yourself. That authenticity is everything. Great advice my dad gave me was treat the guy who's running the elevator the same way you treat the president. You know, everybody the same. And and that that's just the right way to do it. It will serve you well. Best advice I've ever given. I think... When I speak about failure, and you, 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 we touched on this, is that it's you, you touched on this earlier. We don't learn from the successes. We don't learn from the downhill racing that we go smoothly, that anybody who's been uber successful in this world can embrace failure and understand what comes with it. And you understand that's where greatness comes from. The things that happen to you, the, the, the bumps, the, not, the things that gave you bruises, that's where you get growth from. And the other final advice I gave you was one of the chapters, one of my books, is you have to have a naive sense of entitlement. Not entitlement in the bad sense of the word, but like, it's why not me? The more uber successful people I've met, you know, other than Bill Gates and Bill Clinton, I haven't met anybody where I walked away and went, hmm, they have something that is so special. Or, you know, you meet Fortune 50 CEOs, you meet mega celebrities. I don't know, you know, <laughs> not that you're putting them down, but there's no, there's no genius out there. You have to kind of just say, fuck, why the fuck not me? And then those great things can't happen. It doesn't mean they're going to happen. But if you at least don't say it, the greatness can't happen. I agree with you 100%. Sometimes what makes you happy works. What works will not always make you happy. And uh -huh. you got to make that decision. And that's what I'm doing now by deconstructing the game for people. And it's not that the media is bad. You know, people keep wanting that to be the truth. It's not the truth. It's a signature yeah. blessing of our democracy. There is a game. Our politics is a game. You know it very well. You architect it really well when you're on the TV show. And I just show it to people, like even little things that you'd be like, duh. I said, hey, you know, those single quotes that you see in headlines, um, Donnie Deutsch torched in quotes, blah, blah, blah. I said, you know, 
That's a characterization. It's not a quote, by the way. That is their yes. way of making something up, but making it seem like they have reporting on it. Nobody knew that. <laughs> so there are things we can do. And it's one of the things I've always appreciated about you in the mix. And I always thought it was so intriguing watching uh, your CNBC show, the night show you had at MSNBC and what you do now is you understand the business of selling. And so you spot selling so fast whenever yeah. somebody's doing it. And that's great because people don't have that. They don't have that yeah. muscle. You know, they don't have that muscle uh, twitch reflex that you have. And that's a great value. Yeah. I, I've always found when I'm on, I come at you, I'm not thinking about it, but I'm coming at it from that perspective. Not only that, what's going to happen? You know, a lot of times in the news, people just regurgitate. Uh, and then where I kind of go as a former businessman, because what you're always doing is you're, you're planning ahead. You're not, you, you, if you're in business and you're talking about today or you're talking about yesterday, you're out of business. So I'm naturally going to go, okay, what does this mean now? What happens now? So the same way I immediately, when midterms happen, went to Trump's going to run as a third party candidate. You know, like in other words, that that is a business person where I'd be placing a capital bet if I had to. I mean, so I'm that. And it's to your point also, what are they selling and how they're selling it, why are they selling it? And so I'm on the air and kind of coaching also. I've noticed sometimes I was critical of Biden in a lot of ways because I, I bought that team to win. I think they're the good guys. And so I'll be saying, I really think Biden should be saying this as if I'm sitting in a room with him and I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to, when I'm on the air, I'm trying to help. You know, it was interesting when I had, you mentioned the science show, which I think the best thing I ever did and the ratings were thrown on the roof. There was a lot of political reasons it got taken off. I was, I think, hitting too many nerves too soon. I mean, going back to, I was doing the Nazi comparisons long before it was Vogue to be doing them and things like that. And I, I don't want to get into details, but you get your good breaks and your bad breaks on TV. I think I got a bad break there. Things happen. It is what it is, you know, but I loved doing it. It was short lived, but it was, it was, it, it really was a great show, but you learn, this is a, this is a game. And sometimes you like, if I, if I pulled it back 10%, I think it'd still be on it. I think, and that would have been just as effective. But you learn. You take your shots. You take it. You know. You get hit, smashed in the face a few times. Yeah. To your point, I'm looking at what are they selling. I'm looking at where are we going, and I'm trying to give advice while I'm on the air. I'm not. I'm not a pundit. You know. I'm not a political pundit. I'm not a. I'm a guy that has the ability to kind of see things sometimes from ten thousand feet out, but because I'm not these person, I'm not this person in there in the weeds. And it's fun. I enjoy it. I love love doing more enjoy. It's really. Fun, you know, I don't know how those guys do it four hours a day. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know how they fucking do it because I show up once or twice a week for an hour and I fuck around. But it's it's fun. I, I love the role that I get to play it or they let me play it. What do you think you do that not everybody does that makes you successful? One of the things is not giving a shit. You know, I, I, this has never been my real job. You know, I, as your audience probably knows, most of my life I spent in advertising. I built a successful business. I had a great capital event. So I'm not working for salary. I don't, I, I feel like I'm really, you touched on something, working for the audience. When I'm on, everything I say out of my mouth, I want to somehow make a difference, either teach or, or be a provocateur, but not in the sense of being a provocateur. You know, what is so, and, and I, I just come from a very genuine, real, I'm a dad. I care about what's happening in this world. I'm not trying to be a TV person. I'm just, the very thing I get from people that's very complimentary all the time, wow, you're really yourself on TV. That's who you are. And we know you. We know you're off TV. And and it's nice. And it's flattering. I get a lot of positive feedback. It, 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 I enjoy what I do. 
Last question. Fitness-wise, you've always been in good shape the entire time I've known you, which is decades. What do you think has worked for you that people should do? It's interesting. I have a chapter in one of my books called The Charles Atlas School of Management. I always wanted to know that in a business meeting, if the shit hit the fan, I could beat the shit out of the other person, right? If it's a man, of course. And it gives you a strength. I think when you are in shape and you are fit, not only does it make you feel better, I think it, it helps your game. I think it says discipline. I think it says strength. I think it says focus. And I always, it's one of the few things we can control. There's so much in our life that we can't control. And um, I just, it's always mattered to me. It's just, I've always wanted, it sounds coordinated. Want to be the best I can be, you know? And it's just, and I like being in shape. And I like being attractive. I, I, I think being attractive in this world, if you can make yourself as physically attractive as possible, it helps you in this world. That's the world we're in. And so it's always helped me in business. And it's always helped me, I think, on the air. Uh, I becomes a kind of a joke point with me on one and Joe. They bust my chops because I show up in tight shirts and things like that. But why not? Donnie Deutsch, I appreciate you. Thank you for taking this opportunity. Thank, Thank you for I helping the audience. It. I always love seeing you, and I'm glad things are going great for you. Keep it up. And just my only advice from the cheap seats is you said it before, the bigger, you got to do it differently. And, and that's the good, that's the exciting thing. It forces you, not that you're not an innovative person by nature, but you now have the gift of that you have to innovate. And that's exciting. Yes. That is, uh, it's nice to have uh, the power of musts. You know, yeah. I, I have to do it, so I will. Donnie, be well. I appreciate you. I owe you one. Thank you for doing this. All right. Right back. You're coming on my show. Yes, sir. Done. Smart guy who sees what's going on in the game around us. And it is a game, my friends. It is a game. And we need to expose the game and change the game. That is the point of being a free agent. You are the future. You're the fastest growing part of this electorate. People who don't want to be Democrat, don't want to be Republican. So please subscribe, follow, check out the free agent merch, see if it works for you. And I really appreciate you checking in with me here at the Chris Cuomo Project. I'll see you again next time.